I'm so happy today to be talking to Jillaroo's coach, Brad Donald. How are you going today, Brad? Well, thanks, Gab. Nice to be chatting to you too, mate. Yes. Brad and I have known each other, everybody, for probably a little over 20 years, I would say. We uh, worked together for ARL Development, back promoting rugby league to kids across Australia. It was a pretty good gig back then, wasn't it? was it was like a a blank canvas um get out and do your best in in schools and promote the game it was they were, they were great times in the late 90s early 2000s wow they were we both moved on since then but we we do keep in touch and I was very lucky last year to reach out to Brad as a trying to get a placement when I was studying a master in high performance sport and Brad accepted me in straight away so I, I got into the inner sanctum of the Jillaroos in the lead up to their 2022 successful World Cup campaign. So, Brad, I thought I might start with, given how much I learned just in that time, what are your coaching values, your big rocks? Look, uh, it's it's we've got some values that we have in in the Jillaroos and it's like it's they're around respect inspire selfless and excellence that's the that's what the the rise um philosophy is and and our but but for me it's it's around it's around connection i like i'm not the most you would have heard me say this a number of times like i'm tactically not the best coach technically not the best coach but i'd like to make sure that anyone that comes within our care we really take care of them and we have a like a really trusting relationship and we're helping them develop them as as individuals so um, that's really important to me you know the um, that we really do take care rugby leagues are a vehicle that brings people together and that connection is really really important so it's something that's allowed me to end up doing what I'm doing now and and you know we've been reasonably successful at it yeah and you know I think that big rock you spoke about there about connection it was evident to see in how much you valued not only every player and what they're like off the field as well as on the field, but also every staff member that was involved, um, they would definitely say that they feel extremely valued by you. So that's credit to you in in what I saw last year. Um, now, you've been coaching the Jillaroo since 2016? Yes. That's right, what, yep. have, what has changed in the female game since that time? Oh, so much. Like it's, and, and again, I, I hope I don't bore anyone by saying this, that, that in 2016, like when we first went in, there was a World Cup in 2017. Um, I remember I wasn't sure whether or not I'd even apply for the position and it was, it was sort of my wife that gave me a shove and said, you know, you can do this, you can, you can help make some change. There was like two competitions, one in Brisbane, one in Sydney. Players were flying all over the country just to play in those smaller competitions. There'd be forfeits and um, not enough girls to play. And so it was a bit of a shove to get me into that position. I remember sitting down with the girls and going, okay, guys, what do you want to do here? Expecting them to say that they wanted to win the World Cup in 2017. But really what happened was there was answers like, and I've got the slides from those days. It was like um, elevate the game so little girls can see, be an inspiration to other females. It was all of this stuff that within about 10 minutes I realised I was no longer a footy coach and it wasn't just about winning the World Cup. It was about helping facilitate the movement within our sport. So, um, you know, and and that's been a responsibility ever since I've got involved with a women's game to to make sure that we help do that. And so, yeah, a lot's changed since then. We've seen the emergence yeah. of the, the NRLW and, and, and so on. So, yeah, it's been And how been, amazing been that you and those women that were playing back, you know, eight, ten years ago have been instrumental in 
in designing and moulding and creating those pathways, you know, that we're seeing the the young women and the current players, you know, get to be a part of and enjoy. So that path that you've made or helped make for those women oh, look, is unbelievable. Honestly, it's, it was the players and that's why it's been so successful, I think. Like these these are ladies that were out there muster enough, enough, enough players to play to get a game happening for themselves. Um, in that room, we'd spoken about, there were some teams which were super successful where a lot of Gillaroos had played in both Queensland and New South Wales. You know, they basically designed it around the round table going, well, we've got to split up. We've got to put three players in each of these clubs and help them to thrive. And, and you know, before we knew it, we'd won the World Cup. That was a byproduct of what they were trying to do. And, you know, a week after the World Cup, Todd Greenberg was the um, CEO at the time, and it was like, everybody come in, we've got to work out how we get an NRLW up and running, and um, and that's that's pretty much that's pretty much how it all began. Yeah, how amazing. Um, now, how do you bring individual superstars from different clubs and different parts, you know, areas around Australia who are, you know, predominantly key in their own local and, and club teams, how do you bring them together as individuals to form a team, successful team? It's, it's not easy, and I think it's it's a lot different. Like female teams and male teams that differ here. There's the hierarchy thing in a male team where, as it comes back to that connection piece that I spoke about at the to- at the top. Like we really do our homework on anyone that we bring in, from staff to you know, like you might think that we we're just all open arms, but I know you, and it's not anyone that we just invite into our environment. That it's got to be somebody that's going to come in, understand and value our culture. And yeah. not just they, they might contribute to that or make it better. Like that's they're yeah. pretty much the rules. So you might see somebody who plays really, really well and wonder why they're not in one of these sides. It's because maybe they don't come to the party on the character um, side of side of things and and what they give off the field. So we do a lot of work on that, and then that makes it really easy when everyone's together because we're all pushing in the same direction. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to make change. Um, there's a saying in the group, you know, always leave the place better for your presence. We talk about what that means. And if we do that, the footy, the footy stuff really just rolls when you when you're playing with the um when you've got the best players in the world. So um yeah it's it's been it's been it's been great. Oh, how amazing. That's so good. Now speaking of cultures, a few years ago you coached the New Zealand Warriors team. Now tell us a bit with culture and obviously you were a part of their culture when they they were out here playing. Can you give us a bit of an insight into how that was? I know you enjoyed it um, and what they were like. It was totally different, hey, Gab. It was... It was like um, I did it. I started it from this seat right here. It was all on Zoom. It was a crazy time. People weren't allowed to travel. Um, there was, I think, we started off with about ten girls from New Zealand that were going to up and do the two weeks of quarantine in Sydney. Um, they're going to train in their hotel rooms, and um, it ended up being five and two staff. All the other, the other teams had already selected their players. They were already training, so I had to select players that you know I'd known or um, gathered but it just it was one of those things that sort of just evolved and and I think that's what uh, that's what really good leaders do is like it's not you can plan absolutely everything but there's times when your gut just tells you you need something different or the players or the group needs less of less training more connection, less connection, more, and and just as that 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 
campaign evolved, it became really evident that we had a number of Indigenous girls. We had a number of Maori girls from New Zealand. We had some Fijian ladies and some Samoan ladies. And it, it became really evident that culture was really important to them. And so we all just came together and we spoke about that and we learned so much. It was just we were living together uh, in a hotel. We weren't allowed to go out because of the COVID requirements so it was really difficult you could imagine living in the big brother house for a couple of months Mm. it was like and and these guys just taught each other about their own cultures and the mutual respect and everything that went down in that camp was just something that I never ever thought I'd experience in a in a rugby league camp to be honest and that created this culture of acceptance um, and learning and and you know we did the same off the field you know we didn't we didn't get disgraced in in any of the games and and uh, we knocked over in the in the final game we we knocked over the the dragons who were red hot favorites to win the thing and yeah. um it was a really good reward for for all the effort and sacrifice that those players and staff had put in yeah and i think you're right the key word is the sacrifice they did have to make being away from their families and you know i think it would have been a great experience for them and for you and it was obviously good for the game as well now, I'm going to lighten the mood just for a minute. Brad hasn't seen any of these questions I'm about to throw at him, but I've got a list of about 12 or 13 questions. Now, I would say whatever comes to your mind first, but having known <laughs> Brad for 20 years, <laughs> maybe okay, stop we'll and think, think for a second yes. or two. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, we ready? Like I'm, going, I'm going to be kind, Brad. Don't worry. Righto, mate. Right. Let's go. Favourite food? Favourite food? Chicken. NRL or NRLW club you support? Uh, Raiders. Yes. Best part about coaching? Uh, people. Excellent. Favourite book? Oh, I'm going to have to say you know, like some insight into the um, All Blacks culture um, was Legacy. Yeah, and and really, we have we have I've you know it's a it's a cheat sheet for what we've done. Really good it's, book. It's definitely one of my top three books as well. Legacy, uh, best advice you've ever been given. Uh, be yourself. Be yourself. What would your wife Christy say is your most annoying habit? Oh yeah, the people thing. Like <laughs> just stopping and talking to everyone, giving everyone time. Like and just yeah, I would okay. say she'd zip it. Uh, what makes a good leader um many things but like one of the things i think we miss in um in leadership at times is vulnerability at the right time and i love to see a leader show some vulnerability in a bit of themselves so you really want to buy into what they do love it funniest girl on tour oh there's plenty that think they're funny um there's like dry um dry funny um could say stupid so i won't answer i won't tell you who those are but like sammy bremen is one of the funniest people alive she's just like a million miles an hour and all over everything and laughing so yeah i'll say sammy okay now if you weren't involved in rugby league where would you be working uh teaching i'm a teacher by trade did a few years um yeah probably probably in a boarding school running a boarding house or <laughs> something like that well lucky you're in charge of the jillaroos then uh which current nrl double w player would you not want to be tackled by 
I'm going to go on the record and say all of them. Like they're, um, yeah, they're, they're, everybody has a, everyone has a crank at training when the coach kicks the ball and it's almost like they've set, set me up at times. Um, back in the day, Nat Dwyer was the hardest defender I've ever seen for a smaller lady. Um, I'm going to say she's not current, but yep. definitely That's the okay. hardest. We can go with that. Why should you make your bed every day? Ah, you've heard about that. Yeah, it's just, have. um, yeah, it it doesn't. I always quite often say, does it win you the World Cup? No, it doesn't win you the World Cup, but it shows you've got the discipline to win a World Cup, and you'll do all the little things. So, yeah, Christy's probably told you about that one too. Sometimes it's annoying when I'm trying to make it and she's still in it. So, <laughs> but I've got to make it every day. Yes, good. Uh, what do you do to relax away from rugby league? Uh, I spend time with my two boys, Christy, and I enjoy cycling early in the morning or a bit of a run. And last one, or I said last two, favourite holiday spot? I know you did some travelling last year after the World Cup. Yeah. Um, gee, it's hard when you live on the Gold Coast. And I actually say the best holiday I've ever had was staying at home. So I'm actually going to say the Southern Gold Coast, that's that's okay. it for me. That is paradise, I would say. Now, who will yeah. win the 2023 NRLW? The most connected team. Now, that is a very diplomatic answer. It, it is, and it will be the most connected team, and they've, that's who's won it in the past. And it's really hard to tell a couple of weeks out. Roosters, you know, if you go back to their semi-final performance against Brisbane in the 2021, they were down by, I think it might have been three tries. They'd had a bit going on that week, really well connected, and they end up going through and winning the, the competition. And the same for the Knights last year. So, um, and yeah, the only tip that I will give you, it'll be the team that's most connected off the field as much as on, which will bring it on the field. And I don't know who that is until closer to the October. Event. That's right. <laughs> to be that's to right. be confirmed. He'll tell us in a few weeks, everybody. All right. So stop. Right. It was a little bit more than a minute that one was, but thank you for answering those so honestly. Uh, now, can you just just to wrap up, tell everybody what's coming up for the Jillaroos this year and which new players you're kind of casting your eye over for the squad. Lots of new players which have, have popped out. We've got two test matches. We've got a Prime Minister's game coming up uh, in Port Moresby Saturday week um, where we'll get a chance to blood some some young talent, um, some players that might not have played NRLW yet or are on the, on the fringes uh, as well as some a couple of Jillaroos. Uh, and then we've got two test matches against the Ferns. And, and they're going to be tough this year too. But um, I think if you look back to last year's World Cup, there was 24 ladies that did uh, a, a really great job. It was almost a seamless um, campaign. Yeah. So, um, you know, majority of the squad I think would be made up of those players. But then you've got players like Tegan Berry scores four tries for the Dragons. Um, you know, we'll see her play in the Prime Minister's in the Prime Minister's matchup in in Port Moresby. Um, you know, Jada Taylor, young players like that that have that have done really really well. Um, and I think you know, if you don't see them this year, you're going to see them over the over the next next couple of years. Yeah, the talent coming through based on what we've watched at the NRLW the past you know eight weeks has been unbelievable. You know, creating the four new teams and those new players that come into the system, they've just taken it on board, haven't they, and, and run with it, which has been so good to watch. Now, last right. question, what advice would you give to any young coaches coming through who want to improve their craft? What advice would you give them? Yeah, look, it's it's about getting out and experiencing as much as you can and just seeing some of the best coaches and leaders. Uh, I used to think, 
I think early days, if I look back at a younger coach, I used to go away and get this technical knowledge and then go back and try and ram it into players and uh, and wonder why it didn't work that well, you know. it was. Uh, but when really it comes back to that, that one thing that I say is most important is connection. So really build a connection with your players. The more you know about them, the more they're willing to give you. Um, you know, there's there's another saying, you know, players don't know care what you know until they know you care, and I subscribe to that. So I think that's really, really important. And if you're if you're doing that, you'll get a bunch of players in any sport or um, you know, any age group that are that are willing to play for you because you're investing in making them better. That is awesome advice. And that saying is one of my favorite sayings as well. So we're on the same page with that one, which is good. Uh, so I just want to say thank you so much, Brad. You know how much I value advice and, and you know, the time we've spent together over the past 20 years. Uh, so I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. So for our listeners, I think it'll be an unbelievable insight into life as a Australian coach. So thank you. Good luck in the next month with everything that's going on. And uh, I'm sure, you'll, and, and yeah, your I'm sure you'll tip me, uh, tell me on 1st of October or 2nd of October who you tipped for the NRLW. That's it. I will. All right. Thank you so much, Brad.